The Heidelberg Catechism you find on the last page or on the back of the bulletin. And it's Lord's Day 34. And I will again read the question and then together we'll respond with the answer. Question 93, how are these commandments divided into two tablets? The first of which teaches in four commandments what duties we owe to God. The second in six, what duties we owe to our neighbor. What does God require in the first commandment? That on peril of my soul's salvation, I avoid and flee all idolatry, sorcery, enchantments, invocation of the saints or other creatures, and that I rightly acknowledge the only true God, trust in him alone with all humility and patience, expect all good from him only, and love, fear, and honor him with my whole heart so as rather to renounce all creatures than to do the least thing against his will. What is idolatry? Idolatry is to conceive or have something else in which to place our trust instead of or besides the one true God who has revealed himself in his word. As we consider these questions, there's several things that come to mind. Um, of course, last week we read through the entire Ten Commandments and uh, the questions that were leading up to the Ten Commandments. And today we have a short question that just simply says, asked the question, how are those commandments divided? And I had actually laid out uh, sort of my own, uh, own concept, which is um, in, in terms of how particularly the first three pertain to our relationship directly with God, and um, that the, the fourth commandment, which is um, to honor the Sabbath, which is a requirement by God. It's God telling us how we worship him. is certainly included in those first four as the, uh, the, our confession states. Um, the, then you have the second uh, table, uh, which is uh, regarding our relationship with one another. And I think that's a good thing to say. Um, that uh, the things that we owe to our neighbor, but the thing I like to remind people of is that as we do those commandments, we are obeying God. And so the notion that uh, somehow God's dropped after the fifth commandment um, is not the case at all. This, the whole framework of the church is actually uh, largely uh, founded on the principles of those, uh, and, and they do include how we relate to God, how we're thinking. Because when we're not telling the truth, we're not speaking the truth, then we're obviously not giving a true testimony about God. 
And so our keeping those commandments directly uh, demonstrates how we regard the first three commandments. They are, there's a unity to these commandments. And we don't want to, we don't want to overlook that. Um, a couple of the passages uh, that I'd turn you to, and there, there are certainly many here, um, but I'm going to go to Matthew 5 first. And you know Matthew 5 is where you have the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, there's uh, uh, obviously a whole series of sermons that could be easily done very quickly on that. Uh, that's not my intent. But look at verses 29 and uh, 30. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And then if you flip forward to chapter 10 of Matthew and verse 37, He who loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And then flip all the way back to Matthew 4 and verse 10. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. A rather peculiar set of verses, uh, all connected, referring to, referencing this question of how the law is divided. And uh, some of these things are hard to understand. Uh, you know, the, uh, when we read, if, if, if our offense against God when we sin, or when we sin against our neighbor, is so severe that we should consider gouging out our eyes or cutting off our hands. This is not a direct appeal for us to do that. But it is emphasizing something. It's emphasizing the significance and the importance of following God's law. When God gives us a law, it's not just somebody who just pass some legislation that seems good at the moment. This is the one who created us. This is the one who has established us. And so he's very serious about how it is that we are intended to live. So God prescribes for us not only our worship, but he prescribes for us our life. And so we need to be very careful to, sometimes as believers, we like to focus in completely on forgiveness, which is there. It's truly there. And it's truly something we are to rejoice in, in our salvation. But we should also realize that these things, obeying God's law, is something that is well-pleasing in his sight. 
It is something that we should encourage one another to do as much as possible. And the fact that we uh, then go to this first commandment uh, and see that here you have the commandment that is calling us to honor God and to avoid any form of idolatry. And idolatry is simple. It's having a God other than God. And that God can be a person. That God can be something of our imagination. Uh, there's one of the, I believe it's one of the Psalms or, or, or in the Proverbs that it speaks of taking a piece of wood and cutting it up, carving it, making it look like something, and then turn around and bow down to it. And we, as much as it sounds weird at times, we're very prone to do this. Um, it's, a, it's amazing how much uh, and how little it takes to get somebody to all of a sudden think of a little necklace with a cross on it and, or, or, or uh, if they, you run into Roman Catholics with the St. Christopher's little medal or, or you go down to the um, the swamps of Louisiana and find all kinds of charms and things that people just pick up and boom, they give it authority, they give it power, they give it respect. And they see in those things uh, something of God. And, uh, and particularly it speaks of enchantments. And again, the enchantments are those kinds of things. And we are truly uh, prone to give heed to these kinds of things. And this commandment is calling us not to do that. It's calling us, it's demanding that we not do this. And it's even the whole notion of somebody who passes away who was a wonderful Christian all their life. The idea that I would think that I can call them up on the eternal phone and let them know what my needs are so they in heaven can go and talk to God about them. We can't go there. Our relationship that we have with God is with God. We stand before God, we are judged by God, and uh, we are cared for by God. And so I really like the end of this uh, second question here uh, regarding what is the first commandment that I rightly acknowledge only true God, trust in him alone with all humility and patience, expect all good from him only, love, fear, and honor him with my whole heart, so as, so as rather to renounce all creatures than to do the least thing against his will.